0: This is episode 578 with mental conditioning coach Will Drumwright.
1: One of the toughest things that athletes have to deal with, especially mm-hmm. moving to a new system or, you know, whatever it may be, system, environment, culture, all these different things, right, um, is, is comparison, right? Yeah. I think the saying is comparison is the thief of joy. Oh so, yeah, when, when you start comparing, okay, oh, well, this is what it was like in my previous club, but now, you know, here's where, where I'm at now that you, like, you just don't benefit from that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's human nature that we're gonna think that, right? So it's it's more of understanding, okay, hey, yeah, it is different, right? And then recognizing it rather than trying just to compare it, right? Mm-hmm. And I use recognize just to understand, hey, you know what? This is different. How, how do I adapt, how can I adapt to it, right? Um, because then it becomes a challenge to kind of look at it where, you know, okay, how, how do I fit in? What, you know, how can I add, you know, even add value?
0: Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host. Now, the first thing that I thought about, you know, immediately this episode ended you know, was that Will is more or less like a silent assassin or a baby-faced assassin, you know, if you could call it that. You know, you you think about football and soccer, you know, and you look at all these strikers. So, for example, the current Manchester United manager, um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't know if he's fired yet, you know, but that was his nickname when he was playing because, you know, of his demeanor and how peaceful and how silent he was but yet he was banging in the goals regularly and of course helps his team win that's exactly what comes to mind when i think about this episode with will drumwright real is so soft-spoken that when he starts dropping those bombs those knowledge bombs you are like Hey, we didn't expect this. And even I didn't expect it as well. Will is a mental conditioning coach, you know, and he helps young athletes be their best self. So to develop to the point where they achieve their sports goals, being the best athlete that they can be. And of course, everything that Will and I talk about, I look at it from the leadership lens. That's why I more or less have termed this episode, you developing the leadership qualities you need to be the best athlete you can be. But trust me, Will is a silent assassin. You're going to see how all of this, you know, the bombs start dropping. Imagine you being the person who recorded the episode and listening back to it, so, we, you know, we had a few technical challenges and things like that. I mean, that usually happens. So when we were going to prepare this episode, I was looking back and I was like, hmm, hmm. Ah, is this going to come out right? Is it not going to come out right? What will happen? Trust me, man. When I listened back to it, I was like, well, brother, silent assassin. Like those nuggets, those bombs just started dropping we talked about so many things we talked about the role of leadership in sports we talked about mentoring you know how you as an athlete whether you are mentoring somebody else or you are being mentored we talk about how to adapt to a new environment we talk about how you can play your best when it matters the most and of course how you can cope with pressure we talk about pre-performance routines we talk about recovering from your mistake look I can go on and on and on. And of course, when you get to the end, you're going to hear Will and I talk about how it had been an hour, and we actually literally didn't know that it was an hour. That's how good it was. So, whenever I think about this, whenever I think about Will, I'm just thinking about that, you know, silent assassin, babyface assassin. Because trust me, the things that he drops in this episode are absolutely superb. If you can develop the qualities, the leadership qualities that you need, you see, all these things that we're talking about: pressure, mentoring, um, comparing yourself to other athletes, you see, all of that goes out of the window. You become a master of it, you become your best self. And then you can achieve your sports goals. It's like I just stopped talking so that you can start listening to the episode. And of course, you're going to see what I'm talking about because, you know, we're all very soft spoken. But trust me, those things, you know, begin to fly out. This episode, guys, is brought to you by my athlete, Maestro, Daily Planner. One of the things that Daily Planner does is that it helps you master your day. If you can master your day, you can take note of everything specifically. That is happening in your career it all starts with your training and of course that training starts with your day so what the planner does is that it helps you master your day so that as the days lead to the weeks as the weeks lead to the years and the months you are in full control so head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash daily planner athletemaestro.com forward slash daily planner to get your hands on the athlete maestro daily planner when you get that it means you're ready to train Put that one aside. Come back to this episode. with The Silent Assassin will drum right. Well, of course, it absolutely blew me away. One of the things I wanted to take you up on first, you know, while I was going through your story and your journey, is that I saw that you had um, stints in the IMG Academy. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, it's one of the some of the biggest academies in the world. You know, quite quite yep. honestly. And they kind of like groom talent. What was your experience like, you know, in there? What roles did you see? What was it like relating with the athletes, you know, and and things like that?
1: Yeah. So uh, let's see. I guess my journey with IMG Academy started uh, in 2016. Um, I was brought down by a previous guest, uh, James Leith. He uh, brought me nice. down there to uh, come down and uh, and do some leadership training under him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so during that period of time, taught leadership to a bunch of the the campers that came in. A lot of high level athletes came through that uh, as well. Um, and so with that experience, um, the biggest thing I think with teaching leadership at IMG Academy, they make it like you know uh, edutainment, right? They combine education and entertainment. So we teach things through uh, the art of improv comedy. So what improv comedy does is basically creating, you know, creating hilarity and funniness out of um, out of just normal everyday things. Mm. You know, hey, here's a word. Run with it. Create a story. So it really gets everybody's creative juices flowing. And the other important thing that it does is it gets everybody else engaged and thinking differently. And then when a room is laughing, you can teach anything you want. Like people Mm. are going to look up a little bit more just frees it up. So it's like, all right, Hey, we're going to play this fun game. By the way, this is the important lesson that happened. And then it connects a little bit more because everybody's creative muscle is already stretched. They're having fun. They're laughing. There's some stickability that can kind of come with some of those lessons. Um, So did that for, um, for a summer, I mean, it felt like a, a year because it was just such a, like, there was so much to like, like in a good way, right? Like yeah. when you're doing something yeah. awesome in this time, just kind of stand still, um, working on a couple different things, working with different um, athlete levels and populations. Um, and um, the other part about that is that, so since it is an international academy, like, you know, I did an entire session with a Taiwanese bas- uh, baseball team. Mm. Where, like, one person could understand the English. <laughs> And we somehow like ironically we were talking about communication. So we had to figure out how to bridge that gap and work. So it, you know, it, it didn't become a barrier. It came like a creative game for, you know, both sides of saying, mm-hmm. okay, I know you're trying to say something. What is it you're trying to accomplish? And then like going back and forth, but to work with athletes through that. And then like the, the there's one might where like something clicked where they finally understood the lesson and like their, the eyes lit up, like, got it. This is what you want me to do. Um, was a really unique uh, experience just to work with different populations from around the country. Uh, and then as a practitioner, a good chance to really, um, really challenge myself. Um, so, um, so yeah, so, I mean, you know, being able to do that. And then I shifted into a role that was more on the, uh, the boarding school side. Uh, okay. So kind of coming in as a, um, what's considered a residential mentor. So helping, you know, being in charge of athletes while they're there during the boarding school. So the boarding school, they have living on campus somewhere around a thousand students. And so then we have individuals like myself um, who work as mentors and we use the word uh, mentor specifically with that role uh, for these athletes to, to be there to help them manage and have a good experience on a day to day level. So we want to connect with the athletes as an individual. Yes. IMG Academy is an athletic boarding school, you know, student athlete is tossed around a lot, yeah. but there are a lot of, you know, I mean the individuals like, you know, they're coming here to, you know, do well in school, get better, you know, get better mm-hmm. at their sports, but they're also bringing some of these other, you know, just cultural differences, yeah. um, you know, family yeah. differences. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you know, a lot of times that can be really stressful for, you know, middle school athletes all the way up through high school because you don't necessarily know what their background is or what their experience is like. And so they're coming in trying to figure that out. So the role that, you know, I'm not in it anymore. I'm going to say we, but we're not, I'm not in it anymore. I I really love all the people that are down there working in it. Um, But uh, you know, as, as mentors being able to be there for the athletes and not only help them kind of, you know, help hold them accountable, you know, with everything, but making sure that they're having a good experience you know, away from home because that is their home for nine months out of the year. So it's a really cool, um, experience to be a part of that. So I did that for about two and a half years, two and a half going on and probably about three years. And then I moved back up to Indianapolis cause I had a good opportunity to come back up here and do some work. So that's a really long winded, uh, explanation of, uh, my
0: IMG Academy experience. Oh, nice! So many things. So many things come to mind from from just what you said, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to take it one by one so that I I, I get each of those points because you have um, a rich experience in that. Now you mentioned the leadership aspect in terms of you helping these athletes with that leadership side. Now you're going to see athletes who find or they have a mm-hmm. difficulty right when you're talking about leadership i'm there to play my sports what role does leadership play for these athletes and how in your estimation can these athletes develop those leadership traits that would help them basically in their sports
1: yeah uh man those are two those are two three great questions right there (laughs) Um, yeah, so with it, so, so, all right, an athlete coming in saying, you know, Hey, you know, I just need to be good at my skill. What role does leadership help me out? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I think it gets down to the, um, the definition of leadership, which, you know, basically leadership is influence, right? So if you're a good, if you're a high level player and you're good at what you're doing, you obviously have a level of influence over your peers or some other younger players at all, just because of your ability. And that's important to go ahead and recognize because if you're trying to improve and get better, right, uh, your sport, trying to take it to the next level, right, again, we're talking, you know, an individual, you know, trying to take it to the next level, they need to understand that their ability, their skills and ability as an athlete allow them an opportunity to have influence and be able to influence, you know, those around them. of saying, hey, you know, how it works um, in conjunction with, you know, not only your ability on the field, mm-hmm. but how can you, how can you influence those around you who are, you know, I'm talking specifically, I guess, for like, you know, a team sport uh, mm-hmm. in this type of setting or a, uh, or a coactive sport, which is like a swimming and track or things mm-hmm. from there. But, you know, you look at all, you know, these sports with the leadership piece coming into it of being able to lead yourself, like lead yourself so you can lead others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to understand, you know, what leadership means for, for you as an individual, yeah. pushing yourself to the next level, because there are going to be people who are, you know, you need to bring along with you mm-hmm. in order to help, you know, help you rise, you know, help you continuously rise and challenge and go from there. And I think the leadership piece, uh, as well, you know, okay. it's important because it's, it's something that's just going to go, it's going to allow your skills to show out more, like more mm-hmm. people are going to want to spend time around you. Right rather than if you're just a, um, you know, like if you're just a jerk, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other person or the other individual there as well with that. So it it does, it allows your skills, I think, to show up a little bit brighter, right? A little bit more vibrant, like, okay, Hey, you know, you're really good at doing this, but then also you're investing in those, in those you, right? Um, because then you can rely on your, your teammates as well to kind of build you up and go from there and help you go as well from that. Um, so, so that's what I would say how they work together with, with, you know, with the skills of being able to come in and be a part of the team, understand, you know, understanding how you can influence those around you yeah. just because you, you're you good at a sport. Right. So that's a great opportunity for you to increase your influence, you know, from a personal level, athletic level of being able to, to do that. And so I think the recognition of like leadership, being able to allow your skills to. Again, be brighter. For some reason, brighter is what's coming. Yeah. You know, shine brighter, right? Um, uh, comes to mind. So, be being able to work on it in that sense. Now, in what was this? Sorry, let's go back. What was the second question? Is it how can they develop the you know these leadership
0: leadership qualities?
1: Yeah. So, well, I think the first thing is there's a lot of athletes I talk to about leadership get stuck on. Well, well, I'm not vocal, right? Mm. Leaders, are loud. leaders mm. are vocal. They have to step up. So, yeah. Okay. And they're like, well, or like, you know, I just try and lead by example, right? Rather than, you know, being able to do that. Um, So I think understanding, again, getting back to the definition of leadership, leadership is influence. That's all it takes. Like, if you are bigger than somebody, older than someone, better at a sport, whatever it may be, you have some form of influence over somebody, right? So being able to use that to figure out how you can help somebody, but then also better yourself is a good opportunity to be able mm. to do that. I have a, um, I have an athlete I work with, he's a great young man, but um, was was tasked with coming in as a, a, a quarterback as a freshman mm. for a varsity level team in American football, right? So a fourteen year old uh, young man was expected to lead, you know, some guys who are three or four years older than him, right? Wow. Um, the maturity level, right, between fourteen and eighteen, is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So and a lot of what we talked about up front was he, you know, he was very concerned about, you know, how do I, you know, how do I gain their respect? How do I lead them? I'm like, you know, okay. So we, we, we talked, you know, talked through it and, and stuff. And, and I literally gave him a challenge of saying, Hey, go, uh, see how many high fives you can get at practice. Uh. Like, what, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, go get high fives from players. Right. Yeah. They do some, well, be some, you know, Hey, make sure you give them a high five and compliment them. Right. He was, and so he's like, okay, and uh, and so we broke it down a little bit more. You know, um, at that time, you could give high fives, right? You know, <laughs> during this conversation, high fives are kind of frowned upon.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I do want to make that clear. This is a couple years ago, right? And we talked about it. I said, look, high five allows you to, you know, allows the other player to see you, hey, that you're watching them, and then you're also celebrating their success. You're with them, and then it also allows you to open up a conversation with them, right? Hey, high five, handshake, you know, fist bump, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, It allows you to have that conversation. So we started with the high fives. Mm -hmm. And then the next one I went on to is like, all right, who do you think is the, like, who's the true leader of the team, right? So like, who's the senior, who's maybe the captain or, you know, Mm -hmm. whoever holds that spot. And he, you know, he named off two guys and I said, okay, you have to ask them a question every day, right? Uh, And then I said, "One one of those questions has to be about, you know, hey, how can I be a better leader? Yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. if you're in a position where you're coming in as a leader, whatever, you know, manager, coach, whatever it is, uh, I think it's important to understand, engage, you know, understand, you know, hey, there are people who've come in before you. Hey, what do I need to do to be successful here? How can I, you know, how can I have, you know, the influence that I want to have? Um, so using the, you know, using the people around you saying, hey, you know, there, there's a level of humility that comes with that leadership role of being able to say, hey, how can I help out? Where can I, you know, step in and, and what does this team need? Um, to be able to ask those questions of those leaders or, you know, maybe those who have been in the position previously uh, is, a, is a good opportunity. So that's where, you know, this, you know, leadership, you know, it just becomes, it, it may just become, again, going over and giving somebody like a this, hey, I saw yeah. that, right? Because if you tell somebody that you saw them like, do something well, you celebrate their successes, it's like, okay, hey, that's awesome. Right. Because, you know, and then if you sell, you know, do that, then you building up a relationship. Then if you see something where you maybe want to go in and give some form of a critique, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, you know, Hey, I saw you doing this. Why don't you try this? That's going to stick a lot more with that teammate or that other athlete, because you've already yeah. built up those lines of communication. And then, you know, the other thing is always falling back on like leading by example, you know, how you hold yourself on and off the field. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is an important way to be able to understand that, you know, you're going to have influence because influence is neither good nor bad. It's what you do with it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And so being able to understand, you know, what you can do with that. So that's how I would, you know, kind of approach it with an athlete of leadership is connected with, with the skills on the field, but then also how you can begin to develop it some more.
0: Oh, nice one. You mentioned there. The, the, the other two things I wanted to talk about, you know, as it relates to IMD I'm gonna come back to that, you know, but you you mentioned at the when you were talking about the leadership right about the athletes who say yeah. I'm not that vocal like, you know, I am not that, that that's not really my personality Now what I hear you say or I'm thinking about the athletes who you know, have a shy personality and that shy personality In a way kind of leads to imposter syndrome. So what, what am I saying? They're going to see the athletes who maybe they are joining a new team, right? And they have a, they have a specific way of playing their sports, right? But right. maybe because they want to impress, maybe because it's a new environment, maybe because they're just meeting the, those people for the first time. Mm-hmm. They don't play their game the way they would ordinarily play. Now, for whatever reason, you could say it's imposter syndrome, it's confidence. It's, we, we could say it's so many things. How would you advise an athlete who struggles in that way, in the sense that, you know, I can't play my game the way that I would play it, maybe because it's a new environment, maybe because I'm not that vocal, maybe because I'm shy. What would be your approach to helping an athlete like that?
1: That's a great one, um, because we do see a lot of athletes changing, changing teams and in, in different personalities, right? So let's start with maybe the shy characteristic, right? Yeah. Not as vocal, kind of more reserved, uh, introvert maybe to a degree. Um, I think it's something where uh, being able to find something, you know, find something small to be be able to come in and figure out, okay, what can I at least do um, successfully? They may play mm. the game a little bit different, whatever it is, you know, hey, you know, the, so- the soccer formation that they run may be totally different than what what you've come from. Right. Yeah. But there's still some areas where they can be combined. Like, OK, hey, what can what is going to translate to both schemes or strategies? Right. Um, the other thing I think would be just to um, not to I think to to have like kind of mini goals or something, you know, related mm-hmm. to this idea of, again, trying to, you know, ask a question. You know, hey, I play this position. What am I responsible for? Or What are the things I need to be ready for asking a teammate that she- for some, especially if they're shy, that's going to be a really big task, right? So maybe break it down. Okay, hey, you know, meet one player, ask a simple question or, or something. And then, you know, just limiting it to that of just saying, okay, you know, where can you begin to figure out where you can begin to fit in using some of those like a, like a simple question or, you know, maybe just even if it's a soccer, you know, soccer specific term uh, mm-hmm. or question as well. Um that can kind of help ease in some of the transition. Now, coming into a new system, a new environment, absolutely can be um, very stressful. Yep. So yep. when it becomes you know, when it's a stressful situation, you're trying to figure out, okay, hey, where do I stand? Maybe you were the best player on the team and now you're moving into somewhere where you're kind of middle of the pack, right? One of the toughest things that athletes have to deal with, especially mm-hmm. moving to a new system or, you know, whatever it may be, system environment, culture, all these different things, right? Um, is is comparison, right? Yep. I think the saying is comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, so Yeah. When, when you start comparing, okay, oh, well this is what it was like in my previous club, but now, you know, here's where, where I'm at now that you like, you just don't benefit from that. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's human nature that we're going to think that. Right. So it's, it's more of understanding, okay, Hey, yeah, it is different. Right. And then recognizing it rather than trying just to compare it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I use recognize to understand, Hey, you know what, this is different. How, how do I adapt? How can I adapt to it? Right. Um, because then it becomes a challenge to kind of look at it where, you know, okay, how, how do I fit in? What, you know, how can I add, you know, even add value? Yeah. In fact, that's a question that I think is, um, is a great one for athletes to use. Hey, how can I add value? Because it's not, you're saying, okay, the environment needs to fit me. You're, you're, you're a piece of the puzzle, right? Um, you can look at it and see some things that are maybe going in and, you know, they they may be different, right? But mm-hmm. that's a, that's an opportunity for you to kind of, uh, you know, you know, for an athlete to, to just re- reassess themselves and figure out, okay, what is it that I can do, you mm. know, or what is, you know, this is different. How can I use that to, to, to try and fit in? Last piece being, um, especially going into a new um, new environment, trying to, trying to ask people as many questions as possible. Mm. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, the questions, right? Being able to use that of just be, finding a way to be able to connect with an athlete but then make it a game, right? You know, Hey, you're going to a soccer team. You've got 20 new teammates. Can you ask 20 questions? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, going through and doing that Uh, of just being able to engage with those around you. Um, for, again, we talked about kind of the shy personality introverts that can be a little bit tough and daunting sometimes. Right. Um, but so, you know, you can shift it to, okay, you know, one question or, you know, one interaction that's going to be beneficial from there. But I think more of understanding that, you know, you know, the environment or the culture is going to be different mm-hmm. and then starting to assess how can I begin to fit in or how, where can I add value is, is a good perspective to have with
0: that. Oh, nice. I, I love your answer with that, you know, in terms of looking for ways to fit in first and then how you can add value, you know, because I think that for, for, for a lot of the athletes who find themselves in situations like that you know, it, it's always the performance side, you know, so focusing only on the playing and, you know, they yeah. kind of like take away all of these other things that you have mentioned. How do you fit in? Can you ask questions from the people that have already been in that surrounding? Now, that, that's amazing in that sense for the athletes that struggle in that way. I promise I'm going to come back to the IMG, the other two things that I, I came up from the IMG. I'm going to come back to that, right? You know, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sending me on a trail here. But what happens to the athletes who it's not that they are struggling to adapt to the new environment. It's not that they are not vocal. For them, it's a problem of playing their best when it matters the most. You know, so I find myself in this position. I I know I can play my sport. Like, I know I'm good. You know, in training, you know, I'm I'm, I'm stunning. And I have a lot of athletes who, you know, they send me messages, you know, on Instagram about how good they are and all of that. And I'm, I'm like, for half of you, if I take you into a setting that is high stakes, where mm-hmm. there's something on the line, many of you will struggle. Now, first, why do athletes struggle that way in terms of producing their best when it matters the most and how can they begin to overcome this?
1: Yeah, let's start with, you know, hey, why is it that they struggle when they come, you know, performance time, right? Is, and, and I think the biggest thing is that I think that um, the external factors surrounding Mm -hmm. Um, the competition, performance, whatever it may be, right? There are a lot more factors than we really like, than we really realize. First Mm -hmm. one being, you know, hey, you're going to have a stress response within your body, right? You're going to get those butterflies, you're going to get nervous, right? My old old roommate who used to be a football player, he said he used to throw up before every game, right? Like, so different people have different responses to it. But it's, and so then you know, a lot of times I see athletes, you know, where that can happen, where there's so much that makes the pressure build. It makes mm. the moment bigger than really what it is, right? Cross-country runner, okay, state finals, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, getting into it and going, okay, you know, oh, man, like, this is my moment to shine. Like, mm. you know, I'm going to go through and do it. Like, coaches expecting me of this, you know, my, you know, my other, the other four athletes on my team are expecting me to go through this, like, you know like building up this situation to where it's much more of like, Oh my gosh, this is what's, you know, this is what's happening. This is what is on, on yeah. task. Right. So now all of a sudden at that point in time, all you're focusing on is all the other factors. Right. And what you end up missing out on is like, you're not focusing on on yourself in terms of, okay, how can I prepare for this moment? Right. Mm-hmm. Being able to kind of shift, you know, and be able to use those, that stress response in a manner that's going to be productive, right? It's, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, you're responding to that stress response rather than reacting to it. So the difference between responding and reacting, reacting, Mm -hmm. uh, typically is, you know, like, you know, you like, you have a reaction, something negative, you know, happens to it, or it's an emotional experience, right. Versus responding, you understand, Hey, this is a high stress, high stakes, stressful moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do I need to do? What's the first thing that I need to be able to do? Um, and so, being able to understand that it's a um, stressful environment, um, it, it, you know, I think that a lot of times athletes will struggle with that because they don't account for the fact that when there's people in the stands or yeah. you know all these other different things, or yeah. even just the stress of the day, or one that I think gets overlooked, how important that moment or that performance is mm. to them, right? Because it's really important to them. Then all of a sudden, you add in all these other external factors, it's just going to grow right so being able to um i think understanding that is is an important thing for athletes like like go ahead you know hey this game means a lot to you because you know because of whatever reason it may be whatever personal individual why reason that they have right uh and so understanding that moment you know i think that that's that's why athletes really struggle there so then the second part of that is how can they cope with that and deal with that more or less Yeah. yeah so um, my biggest thing is that when, when you start to feel that stress, understand and using it, right? Mm. Um, so from a, again, I don't, I'm gonna do my best to, yeah. you know, explain stress, right? Yeah. With it not being a biology teacher, and I'm sure somebody will, you know, can correct me. And I, I definitely welcome that if I'm wrong, right? But so stress is stress, right? It's it's neither good nor bad. There are Mm. good forms of it, bad forms of it, right? But when you understand, like, within our bodies as as human beings, the physiological response is um, through our sympathetic nervous system, right? And so, like, we're going to have a stress response no matter what because that's biologically how we are. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to happen. So then when that happens, use it. Like, be able to use it, recognize, okay, hey, I'm feeling this way. How, what do I need to do with this? How am I getting ready? Right. Uh. And so one of the big things that I'm a big proponent on is using breath to be able to help athletes handle Mm. stressful situations, just because you can kind of override your brain in a sense. Um, You know, I like to use the term starve the anxiety by breathing, you know, because all of a sudden when you think about the fact that you're breathing or you count your breaths, right, it overrides your brain a little bit. Say, Hey, wait, I don't need to think about the fact that I need to breathe. Because you do it unconsciously, you and I are breathing because we're mm-hmm. alive or not even thinking about it, yeah. other than the fact that we're talking about it right now, right? <laughs> so, but when you tell yourself, you know, hey, I want to focus on, you know, I'm going to focus on my breath, in through my nose, out through my mouth, mm-hmm. it, it allows your brain to kind of go, hold on a second, what's going on? And then it, that's how you kind of cl- can clear your mind. Or, you know, as Kevin Costner says, I uh, forget the uh, forget the movie, you know, clear the mechanism, Right. And you can do that very quickly using breath work, and then it allows you to not only it helps you calm down, think clearer, and then it helps with the blood flow as well. Which so it kind of works, you know, helps you deal with those you know those biological stress responses that you're going to have, you know, muscle contraction, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different things that 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 come up with stress. Um, So using the breath work um, is a good way to be able to start um, to allow yourself to be able to calm down and focus in on the moment. And then, and then start to get into um, some form of a routine, right? What can you begin to control? What's the first step that you need to do? Um, yeah. I work with a fair amount of golfers right
0: now. Yeah.
1: And um, I was talking with one of my uh, golfers the other day. And I, I, I we, we mentioned the fact that I was like, okay, look, your goal going from shot to shot is to get to your routine as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, and I was like, cause that's when this shot is going to start.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: understanding that like, look, after you hit a shot in golf, right? It's, you know, how good can you miss, right? (laughs) Um, Or, you know, right now, as we're seeing on the PGA tour, you know, how far can you hit the ball? Um, You know, it's understanding that, but then, you know, because you can control the shot, golf shot up to a point, right? Everything that you do, but you can always control your routine. Mm -hmm. So if you can always control your routine and what you do leading into your shot, Idea being, hey, let's you know that that's gonna help you facilitate and do the mechanics of what you want to do, right? Because again, golf shot, you you may have the perfect shot, but it may catch a sprinkler head, right? Or you know something just wrong, and it goes against you. Well, that can add up and build up the stress for sure. But getting back into your routine can allow you to help you focus on what it is Mm -hmm. you're trying to accomplish and going from there. So you know the breath work and then getting into a routine. Uh, getting into your routine prior to, a, prior to a match or, you know, whatever it may be, um, is going to be, uh, I think, really the two biggest important things in, because those are the two things that you can really control in those situations.
0: Oh, nice. I, l- I like that you mentioned that because for the athletes, especially for those who have a lot riding on the line, you know, there are one million things they're thinking about at that critical moment. You know, so when they oh, we yeah. were training, right, it was all fun and games. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing was at stake. They were preparing for this same game. But all of a sudden, when they get to that game, it then dawns on them like, oh, wow, this is important. Like, this is a big moment. You know, there's a lot riding on this. So I, I, I totally agree with that. Well, you mentioned the routine aspect. For the athletes who don't have routines, whether that's a pre-performance routine, whether that's a post-performance routine, how can they start developing this? And is it as important as you must have it? If you don't have it, it's a problem. Or maybe there are ways that they can get by based off of your recommendation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so if you don't have a routine, great thing, you can always build in a routine, right? Um, and the other thing is that you may already have a routine and you just don't call it don't that, Don't know, right? yeah. <laughs> baseball, players, baseball players call it superstitions, right? Yeah. People eat the same thing before they go out. You know, they put their right sock on before their left yeah. sock, on, right? When I was when I was competing, um, you know, uh, in Ultimate, uh, right before our name got called, like I did a, I did a handshake with a guy right? Um, And so being able to go through and do that. Um, So if you don't have a routine, I think it needs to be, you know, I'm always going to say start with breath work to allow yourself to give yourself a pause to get into Mm. your routine, right? And then figure out what the, like a pre-performance routine, what, you know, what it is that you maybe need to go through and do next. Um, Like something, you know, hey, physical, I need to stretch or, um, you, you know whatever whatever that may be in terms of that. So let's see. There's so many different sports, right? So let's yeah. <laughs> let's go with a so I'll go with kind of a golf example, right? Yeah. And then and then maybe a team sport. So golf, right? Take the, you know the bag, you drop the bag down. You take a deep breath, and then you start. Okay, what's the first thing you're going to do? Typically, mm-hmm. gauge distance, all the different external factors. Once you figure that out, figure out what your plan is, right? All right, I'm gonna you know. Uh, I'm 130 yards out. I'm going to hit this club. I'm aiming for this area. Like talk yourself through mm. what you want to do, right? Because then that's where it becomes I like to use the word tactical
0: yeah. uh, because
1: that's where you're going to, you're figuring out the tactics of what you want to do to execute your skill mm. from there, figure out um, what you want to be do. you know, figure out your plan and then commit to that plan. Mm. Hey, this is the swing I'm going to do go for it. And and I would say commit there because, You may have, uh, if you second guess yourself, right, maybe in the gut or something, right, Mm -hmm. you're not committed. Pull back out, start back over, right, Um, and being able to build build that in um, so that you can be committed to the shot because you want to be all in or you're in the way. Get over the ball, take a a quick breath, and then go for it. Um, So that's kind of a routine I would go with from there. From a team sport perspective, I would say finding – so the simplest way I would think to start is, like, create a playlist, right? Okay three to four songs that, you know, feel like help you get you in the right mood. Right. I don't, I don't know what type of player you were before the game told, it, but like, I want to be loose, joking mm-hmm. around like, and um, there are other players like some of my former teammates, they wanted to be quiet, alone and mm-hmm. by themselves. So they hated seeing me if I came here. <laughs> <during> more- <laughs> <laughs> so, but being able to figure out, okay, like, you know, build in five songs that you think help you make you feel good or get you in a good mood to be able to go and play use music mm-hmm. to, you know, help you, help yourself get, uh, get situated. And then the last thing that would maybe do is maybe have a phrase that you say to yourself, right. Mm. Um, right before you go out and play a simple phrase where you can close your eyes and, and whatever it may be. When I used to box, um, when I was, you know, right before I get in the ring, I'd have my hands, I'd have my hands on the rope and I would say there, you know, Hey, he is trying to inflict harm on me unless I do my job. And then I'm inflicting a harm on him you know, as well. So, like, like this whole like it was almost like a prayer. Like this, yeah. like, okay, yeah. hey, I understand what is going on. Here's what's required of me in the moment. Here's what my opponent is bringing in, and like being able to kind of honor that, like, that combat in in a way. But having a statement to be able to say, like, right before you go out and play, that aligns with you, your beliefs, your you know, your culture, religion, whatever that may be, whatever is important to you. Being able to like have that, and you know. Be able to engage. I have a lot of athletes who end up saying, you know, hey, uh, let's roll, or you know, hey, yeah. let's go, or my time, like whatever that phrase can be, but use it and make it specific to you, so you can get in whatever you need, amped up, calm down, whatever it needs to be, right? So, um, you know, music and then like just a simple phrase right there is going to be something really good, and then then you can always build it out from there because I always believe that it's better to have a routine mm-hmm. than than to not. But it doesn't have to be perfect, right? It's yeah. not going to be the perfect routine. My routine has changed so many different times. Um, but figure out what's going to help you play better and then sticking, sticking with that as well.
0: Uh, that last part is gold because I was watching, I was watching the UFC's preview you know, of the fight that's happening this weekend between Israel Adesoya and uh, Paulo Costa. So I don't know how much of the UFC you watch. And <laughs> they, they, they flashback to one of Israel's fights um, against Kevin Gessalum. Right. And it was in the fifth round. So just at the start of the fifth round, you know, they could pick out Israel saying to himself, I don't have any problem. I'm prepared to die. You know, so it kind of like when you talk about when you talk about the, the, the boxing thing where your hand is on the rope, you know, you're talking to yourself. You know, he's about to inflict harm on me. That's immediately yeah. what came to mind. And, and, and it's so apt because going into that fifth round, it was anybody's fight. I think mm-hmm. it was 2-2 on the scorecards or something. Both guys, you know, had bashed each other up everybody both of them had an opportunity to win but he went in there saying hey i don't have any problem i'm ready to lay it all out like literally i'm, I'm ready to die so that's why i said that what you said what you said was absolute gold
1: oh yeah sorry well and with that like it's it's important to kind of again kind of it's especially in the fighting game right like mm. honoring the moment because of the risks that are inherent with it right um and, and with that as well so the other thing is that you've got to think about how many times has, uh, has Israel said that to himself in training, Mm -hmm. right? Because when things get hard, right? So he's practiced that. So now that, now that phrase has so much more meaning, right? There's, it's already powerful, but now it has much deeper meaning there. So I work with a lot of golfers, so I'll I'll go back to golf Mm because I'd like to compare golf and combat sports, but that might just be my own unique (laughs) thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I have golfers try and, you know, make 10 putts in a row, but they have to do their full routine every time mm-hmm. because now it's not about making the putt. It's about doing their routine, right? So then you're doing it every time because then you're practicing it. It means more. You understand how it can, you know, how it can impact you uh, and being able to go from there. Same thing, free throw shooting, anything else, mm-hmm. whatever you need to do, It's your routine is a skill. It needs time and attention to be able to develop, right? So, you know, I definitely love the phrase that, um, you know, he was using, like, I'm glad they caught that. I missed that. I'll have to go back and watch that. that.
0: It's good that you mentioned that because I'm I'm just imagining to myself now, if if Israel, you know, had not been saying that to himself, you know, time and time again in terms of that repetition and practice that you mentioned and he's going into the fifth round, right? And he's saying, I got no problem. I'm prepared to die. And his brain is like, we've never talked about this. Like, what do you mean you're prepared to die? Like, like I'm not, I'm not having that with you. So I get the point in terms of that, that, that practice has to be there. So it's something that you've said to yourself time and time again. So it's not when you get to the battlefront that you're saying those things for the first time. So that conviction, you know, and that belief, I, I I totally, I totally get that. You know, when you were talking about your story with IMG Academy, you mentioned mentoring, Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I try to do now, um, I I don't know how much of my story you know, well, but, you know, I'll just say it again. So I attempted to play professional soccer, right, while while I was growing up. And I had the talent and all of that. But the agreement I had with my parents was, hey, go to school. When you're done with school, you can, you know, you can do whatever it is you want to do. So, of course, I'm a lawyer now, you know, and I do a lot of law and, and all of that. But what I saw from that experience, getting injured, going through rehabilitation and all of that, was that younger athletes were often neglected. Now, if you get to make it, you know, up the grade and you get to the pros, I mean, you, you have your pick of who you want to work with. You know, so you, have, you can work with a psychologist, you can work with this coach, you know, with that fitness trainer, with this nutritionist. But the young athletes who are trying to make it often get neglected. So I said, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to help. The way that I do that is through mentorship. And you mm-hmm. mentioned that when you were talking about your IMG story. How important is mentorship to young athletes and how can young athletes begin to seek out the right mentors to help them in their career? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mentorship, I think, is is crucial in, in a couple of different ways. So younger athletes kind of getting um, overlooked, or you know, worst case, kind of ignored, right? Mm. So that's it's you know, to me, it, when something like that's happening, then it, it then it means that there's. You know, maybe a little bit more of an investment on winning rather than an investment on players or or development, right? Yeah. Not that it's you know not as it's a terrible thing like you know Mm -hmm. coaches are gauged by wins and losses, but you know where they can shift kind of the prior their priorities can shift there. I understand that. So one of the things I think is you know for mentorship is sometimes the mentors. Um, have to be the one reaching down rather than, the like, the mentees or the younger players kind of reaching up, like, mm. you know, kind of finding, finding a mentor. Mm. Um, sometimes that's hard to do, right, um, because they're trying – you know, the you know these higher-level athletes, these athletes at a different level, or, you know, maybe don't want to spend as much time yes. with somebody who's not as developed with them as well, yeah. right? But being able to – so is, let's go back to soccer, right? A more experienced player may be saying, hey, you know, pulling a younger – Um, player side, hey, let's, you know, let's kick the ball back and forth, right, or do something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then being able to, you know, understanding that if you are, if you are older than somebody in a level above somebody, again, going back to influence, you can use that to your advantage, Mm -hmm. right? So letting that work for you. So even if it's, you know, passing a ball, doing something, knowing their name, right, is going to be, it can be meaningful to that younger athlete, because to the young athlete, you know, that older athlete may be like a superhero, Right. Uh, to a degree so being able to you know sometimes the mentors have to start down like hey you need to go down and and invest in your team Um, or your younger program they may not necessarily play with them but um, if they're flying under the same banner understanding the responsibility that you have as a teammate um, to engage with them and and I say responsibility kind of like loosely but I think you know again in an organization of like hey you know you can be responsible for yourself and going through and doing that uh, now on the other side so a younger athlete looking for a mentor right um man it's all it's always a tricky one right because mm-hmm. that, i mean it's yeah. always unique like not like, like like not even talking with like just athletes like just looking for a mentor in other yeah. realms of, of being able to um you know to show that but i think maybe it's as simple as asking for feedback you know hey mm-hmm. older you no know, old, you know the older athlete just saying hey you know i noticed you you know hey i notice you do this really well right lead with compliment mm-hmm. right warm up say like hey how, how do you do that? Right. And so then Mm -hmm. you can kind of engage them on the skill. So if you see something, so, yeah, so I think that's a good way. It's kind of like, you know, so kind of celebrating the success, like, Hey, I saw that you're, you know, you're really good at, you know, at doing this move, you know, uh, I'm working on it right now. What's, Mm -hmm. you know, what, uh, you know, do you have any tips? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and then, and then going through and doing that. Right. And then kind of being there for them. Um, So I think that that's a good way to, you know, begin to kind of reach out. Um, but then also for younger athletes kind of getting out of the, um, I mean, it's, I don't know, I don't know what it's like in some of the soccer organization, you know, and how different the groups are with everything yeah. else, yeah. this, but like branching, like just branching out of your own group, like getting to know players from some of the other, you know, different levels or anything else like that. You may not be asking about a skill or anything else yeah. like, you know, that with them, but you're getting to know them. And then you're having that, you know, conversation beyond just the people who you're normally with kind of day to day. So that's a good question that's something I'm gonna think on a little bit more
0: today. <laughs> do you have do you have athletes who you know who message you wanting you to mentor them so not necessarily that hey will you know I want you I want to work with you I want you you know to kind of be like my mentor coach and things like that do you have athletes who just reach out to you that hey I want you to mentor me in whatever way it can be making me a better person making me a better athlete whichever one mm-hmm. I have a few
1: um, and uh, I it's a cool situation too because I um, I started a high school club team on here, mm. um, 2014, 15, you know, about six years ago. Mm. Um, and so those guys, you know, those guys who came up through that program, um, are now starting to reach back out to me. Mm. Um, and so it's, so I do have athletes reaching out to me, but there's some that I kind of previously have a relationship with of like, Hey, how can I, you know, I'm, I'm navigating this or I'm struggling with this at school or, you know, or just, Hey, I'm I'm freaking out a little yeah. bit about life, yeah. and so that's where you know, that's where the conversations begin to extend beyond mm-hmm. the field, um, and um, and it's cool you know as, as a coach you know to see them kind of grow and develop you know over five six years um, to be able to have these conversations and going from there, um, and so you know I you know I would I would say those are the athletes that I mainly have reaching out um, to me. So some of the other athletes I have reaching out are kind of just more kind of checking in or just, you know, you got a quick question, kind of seeing what's going on, uh, and going from there. So, yeah. Mm.
0: For, for a lot of the athletes you've worked with, so whether that's, you know, those that you worked with while you were at the IMG Academy, you know, the ones that reach out to you now, you know, or, you know, this high school team that you mentioned, what would you say is one recurring theme of the things that they struggle with, you know, so it doesn't have to be one thing in particular. But from what you've seen in engaging them, the conversations and things like that, what would you say is something that stood out more that a lot of these young athletes struggled with?
1: Mm, yeah. um well and so most of the athletes that i work with are are youth athletes um so i really i really like um the kind of the teenage years just Mm -hmm. because i think it's such a pivotal time in in individuals life right not only Mm -hmm. from an athletic development standpoint right um but uh just an individual and so Mm -hmm. they're at a point where a lot of changes are going on yeah Uh, i love working with my elite level athletes my pro guys out there like if you're listening love love working (laughs) with you you know they're a little bit older um (laughs) you know, they're, they're at a point where they're getting paid to play their sport. So,
0: <laughs> um,
1: but no, so the athletes today, um, the, one of the biggest themes that I've seen, uh, lately, and I don't know if it's a trend or, you know, I'll, am curious to see if you've seen the same thing, mm. um, but mistake recovery, um, mm. is one that it just goes across the board. If it's a screw up and then it, it is, uh, you know, it's huge, you know, it's a big deal. Oh my gosh, I'm t- terrible mm. and then all of a sudden it becomes you know like there's this weird ownership oh, i say it's weird but there, there's this individualization or like this ownership of the mistake like i am the mistake
0: yeah. right
1: so i've seen that a lot of like where if something goes wrong then mm. it quickly becomes something much w- worse than it truly is yeah. or, or it should be mm. right? um, so i would say i've seen that pretty consistently you know hey bad rep bad game bad play right um, and it's hard to kind of separate the moment, but then also being able to separate yourself from the mistake, right? Mm. Mistake is behavior that's associated with that. So that would I would say is the, kind of the biggest theme that I've seen from
0: some. How do you how do you help the athletes recover from that in terms of not only recovering from the mistakes, but you know, kind of getting towards the understanding that look, this is sports, mistakes are going to happen. You don't yeah. have that perfect athlete. How do you help them get through that?
1: yeah so helping them get through that process and understanding that as um you know when i'm talking to an athlete hey when you make a mistake or something goes wrong what happens right Mm. like okay and then um first acknowledging like the you know hey yeah you should feel like that you're frustrated or angry like that feeling that you have like absolutely like like not diminishing it like oh you just if you make a mistake you just need to move on No, you can still be mad have that experience that emotion right um but then um, what I like to tell athletes is, okay, well, when you make a mistake, what do you immediately, you know, what do you immediately do? Oh, well, I think about how bad it was, or right. I think about how to fix it, go through and do this. And so you, more times than not, the athletes ends up sitting there talking to me, telling me, like, how much they're trying to fix that mistake, right? So I sit there, and I was like, all right. So, I, I mean, I love throwing the question in their face, just saying, okay, can you can you change that rep, mm. Right. Like well no I'm like okay so we've established time travel doesn't work for you either, um, all right so and then and then talk to him like okay because everything you just described is attached to something in the past mm. right? so now you're focusing on something that's already happened and then you're trying to correct it so you're putting more pressure on what you're about to do mm. to make up for this mistake so I was like it's not about making up for a mistake it's about getting better hey what went wrong with that rep. Okay, yeah. what do you need to do? What can you focus on, right? Because then, you know, instead of, uh, this is how I phrase it to athletes. It's like, you know, instead of being frustrated that you're thinking about thinking about the mistake, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking about the mistake and now you're frustrated that you're thinking about it even more. Okay, use that moment. Use the frustration of going, okay, how do I become effective? What do I need to do in order to do this well? Mm-hmm. Get my hand motion through or whatever it may be, right? Um, just to be able to get those reps down. Um, to be able to get them to a point where they're focusing on what they need to do to do it correct rather than mm-hmm. fix it mistake that happened right um, so because that's a much you know, it's a forward focused mentality it's more on it's I use you know I use the word effective a lot it allows mm-hmm. them to continuously be effective right um, and, and so that's that's how I help them kind of bounce back from that is like helping them understand like you're investing so much time and energy that you're not even thinking about what it is that you're trying to do yeah they don't see that sometimes it does kind of take it does take someone like you or i to sit there and just be like okay yeah so here's what's happening let's let's shift that yeah. right and then working with them to slowly like you know uh, uh, help them do that as well
0: oh, that's a, that's a good one and i think that's that's something that i've also seen especially with the athletes who never believed that a mistake could be so costly. So if you have been playing at a level where mistakes are neither here nor there, like, I mean, there, there's, there really isn't anything at stake. And the first time that you're supposed to make the leap, or the first time that there's something at stake, or someone is watching, that's when something kind of goes wrong. So that realization from them that, oh, wow. You know it looks like i just messed things up you know this has never happened to me how and it's it's more prevalent with african athletes because that's not something that we readily think about so when it happens it always it it, it comes like a surprise and we all know that with sports it's not like everybody is going to stop for you to kind of get yourself together the game the game is moving on and nobody is waiting for you it's until after when all the damage has done and you can sit down and reflect that you're not be like, oh, wow, you know, this, this, and this happens. So I totally agree, you know, with your answer with that. Now, you are also the head coach of the Indianapolis Alley cast, just like I mentioned at the start. As a coach, what are you looking for in your athletes?
1: Yeah, um... So, yeah, so first-year head coach with the Indianapolis Alley Cats, And just real quick for those who maybe are probably not familiar with, uh, you know, this professional team. Uh, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're a part of the American Ultimate Disc League, so the AUDL. So we're a professional Ultimate Frisbee team. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a high-paced game. If you haven't checked it out, search AUDL or Ultimate Frisbee on YouTube. You'll yeah. find it really quickly. Um, you know, so, uh, but, so it's a fantastic sport. Um, so what I'm looking for in, in my athletes, so, you know, kind of competing at this, at this, uh, professional level, um, obviously high caliber, uh, uh abilities on the field. Right. Mm. But then also, um, the, the willingness, you know, this willingness to work, right. To show up and work and to improve. Mm. Um, so understanding that there's always going to kind of be room, room to improve. There's going to be something where athletes can come in and step in and, and add value. Um, and then one of the most one of the last things that I really look for, um, because we are a team sport, um, is athletes who are going to be able to make each other better mm-hmm. um, and are and are willing to make that investment in each other. Um, so, because we have thirty people on our roster, 20, 20 are going to end up, you know, kind of playing. Like we, mm-hmm. I want thirty guys, I want to feel comfortable with one through thirty suiting up to get onto the field. The only way we do that is if thirty cares about one, and one yeah. cares about thirty. Um, And so being able to build, you know, build those relationships, I think is important. Um, So, you know, those are, those I think are the kind of the biggest factors aside from, you know, the technical, you know, things of sport. Um, You know, those are really kind of what I look for to kind of this willingness to work the humility to understand that there are ways that they can continuously improve um, a competitive spirit or drive. Mm. um, And then this idea, you know, this willingness to invest in the team and the culture. Um, because I think that that's a huge, important part, especially within a team sport.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. The, the last thing you mentioned, investing in the team. How important yep. do you think, and, and, and I promise I was will wrap up, but you, know, you, keep, you, keep, you keep sending me places. How important is it for athletes to invest in themselves? You know, yes, it's a team sport. Yes, mm-hmm. they should invest in the team, in the team culture and what the team stands for. But on a personal level, so that they can give you all these things that you ask for. So the work ethic you know, that, that drive and that determination. How important is it for the athlete to invest in themselves and their talent for the sport? To any sport yeah. that is.
1: Yeah, well, right. So I'm going to walk it backwards from a, uh, from a team standpoint, mm. and, and I think it will make sense as we get there because kind of reverse engineering your question. So um, especially with the team sport, um, being able to look at understanding that you are a teammate, you have mm. responsibilities, right? You have an opportunity and a responsibility yeah. to be the best teammate possible. So what I call that, and actually, this is actually something one of my former coaches taught me, and now I'm I'm kind of running with it because I, I love it, and that coach was <laughs> so impactful to me. Um, is this idea of being the most valuable teammate, right? Mm. So the MVT. Everybody's mm. used to the MVP, most valuable player. We know that best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But being the most valuable teammate, and how I had that explained to me was that I'm a member of a team. Mm-hmm. I am a teammate. I have a responsibility and a role uh, to fill. Uh, to be a part of this team and is my opportunity to show up and fill that role, fulfill that role on and off the field each and every day.
0: Mm.
1: So that's why I had it explained to me. And that has stuck with me since I think I learned that lesson in 2007. And it's something that has been ingrained in me, at, you know, as, as a coach, a player mm. a leader, anything else like that of coming into an organization, what's my role? How do I make, how can I make it better? Better, Right. Mm. Uh, and being able to go from there. So as an athlete, you know, athletes who, you know, if you're part of a team sport or anything else like that, you know, starting to understand, hey, you have a gift. What is it that you bring to the table? Mm. Maybe, you're, you, maybe you are the vocal leader. Maybe you're the, you know, you're the rah-rah guy, the hype guy. Maybe you're like the quiet guy who everybody is just really consistent, right? Maybe mm. you're the influencer, whatever that may be. Understanding these different roles that you bring to the team, not only in competition, but also off the field. Who's the joker? Who's the serious one, right? Who's the, you know, who's the leader, all these different things. Um, so understanding that um, is being able to understand, okay, hey, here's what you bring to the team. And then it's also your responsibility and your opportunity to show up and to fulfill that. Right. So to be able to fulfill that because your teammates are going to be counting on you to fill that role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So then it, so then they're counting on you. But then also if you're, if you're off, if you're having a bad, day right we all have bad days you, you can rely on your teammates to pick you up there so it becomes a reciprocal relationship right yeah. where you're feeding off of each other like if you and I are on the same team and you show up one day and you're like hey I just don't have it right and <laughs> then you know, all of a sudden I'm able to fill my role whatever whatever it may be and you are like, okay hey I can do this you know in going through and be able to feed off of it mm. in that way so I think that's important to recognize especially for an individual athlete in a team sport now investing in yourself right Uh, and kind of going from there is you want to be the best, you know, best competitor that you can be. Mm. Right. So understanding, you know, that, Hey, you have to show up and work, work just as hard as, you know, your teammates uh, is important because you, if, if you're part of the same team, right. um, Then, you know, everybody else is going to be, you know, training and competing at this, at this high level. So it's your responsibility to hold yourself accountable, but then Mm. also your teammates accountable Um, because and part of that gets back to, um, athletes individual wise, right? Why are they competing mm. in that sport, right? Why is it so important to them? But then also the team mission. Hey, yeah. how are you helping the team advance? How are you helping uh, them march towards their goal, right? How are you helping them go on a campaign? towards whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and achieve. Right. So, you know, just this, this responsibility Mm -hmm. that I think is on them to be, you know, as a team, to understand, Hey, there's a unified mission as a team. And what is your individual goal? And then how can that facilitate and grow, grow kind of both. So to what, you know, kind of walk that back, understand what your role is on the team, fulfilling that to the highest level requires you to invest in yourself and being able to be there. Um, And then that way your teammates can rely on you and you can also rely on your teammates.
0: Uh, nice nice pathway you know in terms of bringing it bringing it full circle makes makes complete sense the final thing i wanted you to talk about well is youth coaching you know so i saw that you do a lot of that you know in terms of you know helping kids and helping youth athletes you just mentioned it now you know what you do uh, with youth athletes now but i want you to specifically you know turn your attention to the parents of these youth athletes how would you say that parents can help their children Nurture the talent that they have in sports, and the reason I say the parents specifically is that it doesn't matter what we do as coaches, as you and I will. Mm-hmm. A child or a kid or a youth athlete would always spend more time with their parents, except they don't live with their parents, right? So <laughs> there is actually a lot of damage that the mm-hmm. parents can do in terms of nurturing that child's talent. I'm saying this from experience. You know, you see a lot of kids and a lot of children in Africa who they love sports and they want to play sports. Now, of course, things are changing gradually, but you find the parents who it's education that they're fixated on. They're only, it's, it's, it's a one-way street, right? So no matter what any coach does with that child, the minute they get home or the minute they get to their parents, everything goes, you know, completely the other way because they can't practice the way that they want to practice. You know, they can't watch games the way they want to watch games and things like that. What would your message be to parents in terms of helping nurture their child's sporting talent?
1: Yeah. um, Man, yeah, that's a great question because there's a lot of focus on youth parents with everything right now. Mm. Uh, And parents do play such an important role um, in in lives. Um, So, you know, uh, I'll say this again, you know, kind of disclaimer. I haven't gone down the parent path yet. Uh, (laughs) uh anything else like that um i'm just you know just a coach um so i think one of the one of the things that is important to be aware of is parents wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. right of kind of you know just whatever you know whatever role they may necessarily be in uh and and that's a tough job and it's tough to balance it's stressful mm-hmm. um absolutely get that and i think being able to recognize that even with the kind of the best intention in terms of advice or, or certain things, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with let's let's kind of stick, I guess, to, to sports right now. Um, you know, you may have you know you may have played it very well. You know, been a high level athlete. You know, and done, done all these things as a parent, but your, your son or daughter is going to see you as parent, right? Yeah rather than maybe just kind of the elite, you know, the elite athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's important to maybe just, just be aware of, um, you know, for, for parents to just understand, like, hey, you know, all I've done is I have all of this experience and can understand it. It's great. How can you help facilitate that experience for your athlete, right? Because a lot of times, um, and I'm guilty of this as a coach, right? Mm. You start teaching things on almost like a theoretical level oh, yeah. rather than like a, more of a, like a simple skill-based level. Right. Uh, And so trying to break it down and just even simplifying it from there, because if you're trying to work with, you know, maybe it's your, you know, your daughter on something that, you know, you learned when you were in college, but they're 11 years old that message isn't going to click. Right. It uh, you know, it may, um, depending on a couple of couple different things, yeah. but, uh, more than, more than likely, you know, understanding that like maybe even just kind of shaping the message to understand of, you know, allowing them to kind of discover it and work on their own. One of my mentors, um, through boxing, um, he, I consider him like a big brother. Um, you know, he always said, you know, Hey, with youth athletes or young individuals, you can always walk them through discovery mm. rather than making that decision themselves. Right. Um, so, like, if they have a goal, okay, great. How do we accomplish that? What yeah. what needs to happen? And then allowing them to kind of facilitate that um, as well is is, is important, um, I think, for, you know, for parents to be, you know, it's 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 tough. Again, I'm not a parent. I don't understand how, how tough it is. I just, you know, much respect, hat tip to all the parents out there. So, but being able to understand, like, just sit and ask them, okay, how, how do we do that? Why mm-hmm. is that important? What can we do, Right. And then that way, um, it helps, it not only helps young people find their voice, but then it also with some of the decision makings and th- it, you're kind of helping them kind of think critically about that, mm. uh, of what may be going on. So you can be the disciplinary and Hey, you know, you need to go do your homework because that's, you know, important and you need yeah. to go through and you need to do that, hold them accountable. But when it comes to some sports or maybe some areas where they aren't the expertise, um, uh, it, I'm mean, coming back to questions, right. Uh, but being able to work with the athletes, uh, you know, work with your, with your child, your son or daughter, um, on, um, asking them questions of, okay, why is that so important? Okay. How do you get better? You know, one of the, one of the other questions as well that I think parents can ask is, Hey, how can I, you know, how can I help you? Or what do you, you know, even say, you know, Hey, what do you want from me? Like, you know, at, mm-hmm. at a game or something like that just to at least facilitate the conversation you know you may not get a profound answer kid may look at you like yeah. you know I was a teenage boy you were a teenage boy parents ask me something just like I don't know right so you may get that but at least talking with that in that way kind of facility you know creating a conversation mm-hmm. that way I think um, would be would be useful um, but then also just understanding as well like you know again sometimes parents they are just going to see you as parent you know you may be you know, an expert in your field, whatever that may be, they're still going to see you as mom or dad, right? Um, which, and it, so I'd be curious if you had this experience where you're working with an athlete and you tell them something and then, uh, and then like they go and tell their parents and their parents are like, I've been telling them that for like three years. Like it's, like, it's not the message, it's the messenger sometimes, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely happens. And, you know, <laughs> I, I totally agree. So simplify And ask questions, you know, so those are the two key things, you know, that I picked out. Simplify, ask questions, try not to complicate things, uh, you know, in terms of the message that you're trying to pass across and how you're trying to help them. That's fantastic, bro. The reason I named the podcast Athlete Maestro is because I wanted to help athletes master their craft of being an athlete. So the maestro, how can you master your craft of being an athlete? And just like I told you, I focus on the young athletes who are trying to get, they're trying to scale up. The pro athletes, they have all the help that they need. We need to focus on these younger athletes. What, in your estimation, does it mean to be a master of your craft?
1: Oh, man. Master of your craft. So a very, very simple answer um, that you can teach somebody how to do it effectively. Mm. Um, So I think that that's important because that's kind of the last lesson um, there is, hey, can you teach it? Right? Can you teach somebody how to do whatever skill it is uh, effectively? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I say short answer, but I'm going to go on a tangent. <laughs> now with it, right? No, but because I think that's important of being able to master it, to be able to say, okay, hey, here's exactly what it is. I can pass this on to mm-hmm. you know whoever it is, maybe asking me a question or anything else like that. Um, so, being able to, to to master your craft is being able to. You know, is being able to teach it, but feel comfortable in understanding how it can be adapted mm. as well. So being able to teach it, but how, how can it be adaptable? So how can your, you know, your skills evolve over time? Um, because if you're the master of the craft, then you're the, you're the craftsman who keeps getting better at that craft, mm. right? Um, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. So being able to understand how it can adapt uh, and how it can improve, I think is definitely um, an important part of that. Um, so I would say that being able, you know, being able to teach somebody how to effectively do whatever that craft or skill is, but um, then understanding how it can evolve. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, so understanding how it can evolve and then being willing to make that investment for sure.
0: That's, that's definitely an answer that, that I've not heard. You know, so how can you teach it? Because you might think that as a young athlete, you're trying to learn it yourself, but how do you know that you've effectively learned it it means that you can teach somebody else. So if, for example, you're 17, can you effectively teach a 14-year-old that is behind you? you know, so you know, I, kind of, I kind of get that, and it makes, it makes absolute sense. Now, we've talked about so many things. Uh, Where We've mm-hmm. talked about mentoring. We've talked about your time at IMG, mistakes yeah. that athletes make. We talked about leadership as an influence. You know, all of these amazing things that we've talked about. So I'm putting myself in the mind of an athlete who is listening to us and has listened to us over the last, what, 50 minutes, one hour, whichever one it is. And I'm saying, Will, look, I've heard everything that you and Tola have talked about. Amazing stuff. It's great. But for today, I need one thing that I can start on that gets me a step closer to my goals. So I'm going to implement everything that you and Tola have talked about. I'm going to try to be more of a leader. I'm going to seek out mentors and things like that. But I need one thing to start with. What would you say that one thing would be, Will?
1: One thing that we've talked about. Well, I mean, we have talked about a lot, and it's been a lot of fun. Like, if it's been an hour, it hasn't felt like an hour because, like, <laughs> we just, we've been on, so it's been good. Um, no, so um, first thing uh, I'm going to tell you to start with, um, you know, if it, it, or tell the to start with is all right. Start with your breath work, right? Mm. So go ahead and start with. Um, so I do, I do um, what I call four by four breathing. So four seconds in through the nose pause out through the mouth for four seconds but counting that out so it's mm. you know inhale two three mm. four mm. hold you know exhale two three four hold going from there so it's like okay hey cycle through that three times understand how you feel right mm. um, do it before practice do it after practice do it before you mm. go to bed like but practice that and understand how it you know how it how it feels and then what it does to your body right um so i think understanding that is going to be the i think starting there is going to be the first point because you can always control your breath right Mm. control your breath control your mind then you can control your body so start we're going to start with the breath work
0: fantastic so that's one thing that you can start today that gets you a step closer to your goals i thoroughly enjoyed this well you know i don't thank you for everything that you do for jumping on this call you know helping athletes you know that that urge you would find you find a lot of people, you know, and I don't mean words when I say this, who, you know, they, they, they kind of hold knowledge, you know, kind of, you know, so they don't, they, if, if they're not, if it's going to go outside their circle, you know, so for example, you're in the US, you know, I'm in Lagos, Nigeria, you know, so, you, you kind of want to keep it within that sphere, you know, but you've not done that. You've shared, you know, everything that you know, you've tried to help, you know, as much as you can, even though I had you to some tough questions, you know, which I, <laughs> which I, which I kind of apologize for, but I thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for jumping on. How can we find you? I know you're on Instagram. I know you're on Twitter. How can we connect with you?
1: Yeah. No. Well, yeah. All, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk like, you know, being able to follow your information, the work that you're doing, uh, you and I both share this passion for uh, youth athletes and being able to, um, you know, share information. And I think that's one of the most important things we can do right now, share information to help others around us get better, because if they get better, we're going to get better. And just you know, it's going to be a great experience. Uh, So, you know, I'm glad I come on here and share. Uh, And what's great is that you did ask me some tough tough questions and I'm sitting here and I'm like, Oh, this is how my athletes feel whenever I ask them these questions. Right. (laughs) So good perspective and learning from me going on here. Um, But yeah, so you, uh, you know, uh, Instagram and Twitter are kind of the two most, um, you know, uh, most active accounts for me, um, so Instagram is is will dot I believe, it, or actually it may just be all I shouldn't know what my uh, account. <laughs> is. Um, no, it's just my full name. It is just it's just will Drumwright, drumright d r u m r i g h t, just all one word. Uh, you can reach me out there, um, so I would love for you to you know drop a drop a message, say hey, um, and then uh, on uh, Twitter it's uh, w c drummy d r u m m y one uh, so I go on there, tweet a lot. I like to tweet a lot about college football these days. Now that football is at least American football is back here <laughs> and uh, going on. So, um, but yeah, would definitely love for you to stop by, say hello, um, and uh, and and connect. And if there's some way that I can uh, be a value to you know any athlete out there, definitely would like to have that conversation with them and and, and also support your um your mission because i love your um dear young athlete um series that you're going uh, that you have going on twitter with the hashtag and everything so uh, definitely keep that going because that's that's some great info that's being shared out there
0: ah fantastic so you guys connect with him is on instagram at will Drumright. He's also on twitter wc drummy 15 you know and i saw the the retweet of the samurai thing like this cartoon thing you know i kind of tweeted and i was like <laughs> yeah Yeah, that was that was was really funny thank you so much for coming on Will and you know definitely definitely uh, we're going to be in touch and if you have any questions whatsoever you know we're going to send you something on Instagram on Twitter you know just to continue this conversation thank you so much Will
1: yeah appreciate it all (laughs)
0: i'm sure i'm sure you guys can see i'm sure you saw you know the silent assassin part because when will went off in in terms of answering some of the questions that i posed to him you know you would have seen how those things just began to drop you would have had to pause sometimes and go back or i'm sure you would have saved this and said hey i'm going to listen to this again that's just how good it was in terms of so many things that he talked about. And of course, I tried my best to summarize. You know, after he answered some of those questions, I tried my best to summarize and of course give you guys the little nuggets that you could pick out of it. But I'm sure now you see that if you develop the right leadership qualities in terms of all the things that we're talking about, then you see your sports goals, it's just a matter of time. So it's not if, it is when. Because it means that you are on the path that you need to get to where it is you need to get to so those your sports goals become a reality i thoroughly Thoroughly enjoyed this episode with Will Drumright. He he dropped so many things, and just like I said, Silent Assassin—you would not have expected those nuggets to come out, but once they started flying, once they started dropping, you're like, ah, this is something that I have to listen to. And of course, I had to send Will a mail. I was like, oh man, this was so good in terms of what we were able to put together. So I want you guys to connect with Will. Um, you can connect with him on Instagram at Will Drumright. You know, so just send him a message. Thank him for this episode, and of course. If you are on Twitter, he's at WC Drummy15 on Twitter. WC Drummy15 on Twitter. And of course, head over to the show notes at Forward slash will athletemanual.com forward slash will so that you can see uh, some of the other things that we put in there, some of the other resources that will help you. I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. I'm sure you did. So I want you to share this episode with a fellow athlete. So whether or not they're struggling, whether or not you want them to consolidate on what they currently have in their sport, I want you to share this episode with them, and of course on Instagram as well. I also want you to share it, put it on your stories, put it on your page, share it on Facebook as well and on Twitter. You know, so that people can hear this fantastic episode so they can begin to develop what they need in order to achieve their sports goals. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you haven't left us a rating and review, I highly encourage that you do so. It is for purposes like this that this show exists to bless you with the knowledge you would need to achieve your goals in sport so if you haven't subscribed you haven't left us a rating and review i highly encourage that you do so head over to athletemaestral.com forward slash subscribe athletemaestral.com forward slash subscribe where you learn how to leave that rating and review and subscribe to the podcast if you have any questions whatsoever send me a mail tola at athletemaestral.com i'll be sure to share that email with will as well but don't forget like i said connect with him on instagram on twitter he's at will drumwright on instagram wc drummy15 on twitter just thank him if you don't have any questions just thank him for this episode i'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show remember knowing is not enough you must apply willing is not enough you must do i want you to go out there i want you to start applying everything that you've learned from will drumwright i want you to go out there I watch the PA Maestro today and every single day.